Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Monday, October 23rd, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Turning our attention to the forecast, Riverside, you can anticipate a comfortable day ahead with a high of 71.6 degrees and a low of 62.7. Taking a look at our news rundown for the day, first up is the political landscape on Capitol Hill. The Republican race for House Speaker widens as ninth candidates step up to the plate, with the Pledge of Unity as the pivotal focus. We'll dig into the details and what it means for the party's progression. Following that, we'll explore the latest winter forecast, which predicts a warmer north and a wetter south for the U.S. this season. How might this impact your holiday plans? Stay with us to find out. And finally, in international news, the EU Tax Observatory makes a bold proposition for a global minimum tax on billionaires. This measure, aimed at combating tax evasion and tempering wealth inequality, has sparked a lively debate globally. Stay tuned as we delve into these interesting and important stories right here on Alex's News. For our lead story this morning, we are focusing on a report from NPR News, published on October 22nd, centered on the intensifying race for the House Speaker position among Republicans. It appears the field of candidates has now ballooned to nine hopefuls. Ethan, can you give us more insights into this race? Certainly, Grace. After Representative Jim Jordan withdrew his candidacy, an influx of representatives announced their intentions to vie for this coveted position. Interestingly, Many of them are throwing their support behind a unique pledge, intended to ensure the Speaker is elected through a House floor vote. The nine candidates now throwing their hats into the ring include Jack Bergman of Michigan, Byron Donalds of Florida, Tom Emmer of Minnesota, Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma, Mike Johnson of Louisiana, Dan Muser of Pennsylvania, Gary Palmer of Alabama, Austin Scott of Georgia, and Pete Sessions of Texas. So, nine candidates. It sounds like the Republican conference is quite divided right now. Yes, an accurate observation, Grace. And it seems the unsuccessful campaigns of Representatives Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise have only highlighted these divisions. The recent removal of Kevin McCarthy as Speaker has left the House in a state of uncertainty, with no clear replacement, and that has led to a standstill in the legislative proceedings. What's being done to address this impasse, Ethan? Well, There's a forum slated for Monday where the contenders will get a chance to pitch their policy goals, strategies, and more. Then the following Tuesday, a vote will be held to narrow the field of participants. Interesting. Now tell me more about this unity pledge I've been hearing about. You're right to zero in on that, Grace. This pledge is a commitment the contenders are making to support whoever ends up winning the nomination. The idea is to preempt a prolonged leadership contest and establish a clear path to electing a new House Speaker. Most contenders seem to be in favor of it, an effort to create, as the name suggests, a sense of unity within the party. It's a fascinating development to follow. But what could this mean for the future of the Republican Party and the House's proceedings? That's the million-dollar question, Grace. This election will not just decide the next House Speaker, it could shape the future direction of the Republican Party and congressional policymaking. It emphasizes the importance of a unified voice to effectively govern the House and navigate through deep-set divisions within the party. The upcoming forum and vote will be instrumental in defining the path ahead. Thanks for the detailed rundown, Ethan. There's no doubt that this is an evolving story we'll be keeping our eyes on. Indeed, 
Grace. It's a significant moment in American politics, and we'll make sure to keep our viewers updated as the situation unfolds. Thank you, Ethan. Up next on our show, we will discuss... We're discussing a subject that's on everyone's mind during these colder months, the upcoming winter weather. To give us a detailed analysis of the forecasts, we have Chloe. Chloe, what can you tell us about the predictions? Well, Grace, the general consensus among various forecasters, including NOAA and AccuWeather, is that much of the U.S. can expect a warmer winter this year, particularly in the north. They also predict increased rainfall in the south, stretching from Massachusetts down the east coast and across to parts of Texas and California. Now when you say a warmer winter, what exactly does that mean? Great question, Grace. This essentially means above normal temperatures, compared to the average over past years. Alaska, the Pacific Northwest, and northern New England, in particular, have the highest odds of experiencing these relatively warmer conditions. Interesting. And what's driving these predictions, Chloe? A strong influence over this year's forecast is the El Nino event. For those not familiar with it, El Nino influences storm tracks and global weather patterns. Contributing factors also include the warming effects of climate change and the heat from record hot oceans. Chloe, could you delve deeper into what El Nino is? Absolutely, Grace. El Nino is a climate pattern that occurs when warmer-than-average sea surface temperatures in the Pacific Ocean influence the atmosphere, which can impact weather worldwide. This often contributes to milder winters in certain regions. I see. And what role is climate change playing in this scenario? Climate change, while not the sole factor, does have a role in influencing the overall outlook, Grace. The burning of fossil fuels specifically has contributed to winters globally becoming significantly warmer. This year's forecast aligns with that increasing temperature trend. Does this uniformly warm and wet winter mean that snowstorms are off the table? Not necessarily. Judah Cohen, who is a winter storm expert for atmospheric environmental research, offers a slightly differing perspective. Despite generally mild conditions anticipated, Cohen raises the possibility of one or two significant snowstorms specifically in the mid-Atlantic region. Understandable. So, despite climate changes and the El Nino event, nature might still have a few surprises up her sleeve. Finally, Chloe, any tips or precautions for those potentially facing these stormy conditions? Oh, absolutely, Grace. For residents in the areas potentially facing these storms, it might be wise to prepare in advance. Make sure to have emergency kits ready at home and in the car, keep an eye on local forecasts, and definitely invest in some good winter gear. Great advice, Chloe. Thank you for your insights into the winter forecast. Always a pleasure, Grace. Moving on to our third story of the day, a fascinating idea from the EU Tax Observatory has been stirring conversation recently. The observatory is proposing a global minimum tax on billionaires. This movement comes as a response to rising wealth inequality around the world. Ethan, our specialist correspondent on these matters, is here to shed more light on this proposal. Ethan, could you introduce us to the current situation? Absolutely, Grace. The tax observatory, in a study done by the Paris School of Economics, illuminates a clear pattern of wealth inequality. The billionaires, for instance, often pay lower personal taxes than ordinary taxpayers. The study reveals that these billionaires often resort to legal, yet questionable, methods to reduce their tax bills. Methods could include the use of shell companies, offshore accounts, and investments in real estate. 
Shell companies. Could you explain what a shell company is for our listeners who may not know? Of course, Grace. A shell company is a company in name only. It doesn't have an active business or assets. Billionaires often use these as a tool for tax avoidance by placing their wealth in these entities rather than being personally taxed on it. Interesting, Ethan. And what potential implications does the EU tax observatory see for the introduction of a global minimum tax on billionaires? The EU tax observatory is proposing a coordinated international effort to implement this tax, Grace. They refer to previous successes in ending bank secrecy and limiting tax reduction by multinational corporations to show what could be achieved. But they also realize this could take time to manifest. Hence they propose that a coalition of willing countries could voluntarily lead by implementing the tax first. That's ambitious to say the least. Could any amounts or potential revenues been proposed in the study? Yes, indeed, Grace. The potential annual revenue calculated from this global minimum tax is an eye-popping $250 billion. The observatory points out that this is merely 2% of the total wealth held by the world's 2,700 billionaires, who command a collective wealth of about $13 trillion. So, it's a relatively small fraction from an immense pool. Quite an extraordinary proposal there. Are there any specific loopholes that this global minimum tax would seek to close? Definitely, Grace. The observatory urges the need to close loopholes in the current 15% corporate tax minimum. They're also calling for a crackdown on offshore accounts, shell companies, and the trend of billionaires investing in real estate to further minimize their taxes. Well, Ethan, that certainly sheds light on the wealthy's arsenal for tax mitigation. Clearly, there's a lot to digest here. Thanks for explaining this for us today. Always glad to break these down for our listeners, Grace. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the 11 Labs Text-to-Speech API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.